Well, the Kansas legislature's 2019 session is officially adjourned. And let's just say the shakedown cruise for the state's new Democratic governor and Republican legislative leaders wasn't always smooth sailing. The honeymoon with this governor is definitely over. From the Kansas News Service, I'm Jim McLean, and this is this year's final episode of Statehouse Blend, Kansas. The passage of a school funding bill that the governor and lawmakers hope will end years of litigation was the high watermark for bipartisanship. But battles over a new Republican tax cut proposal and Medicaid expansion persisted through the last day of the session and remain unresolved. Typically, the final day is purely ceremonial, but not this year. In a start-of-the-day pep talk, Governor Laura Kelly told Democratic lawmakers she needed them to sustain her veto of a tax cut bill, that it was critical to continuing the recovery from the budget crisis caused by former Republican Governor Sam Brownback's tax-cutting experiment. You're really protecting the state of Kansas because if that thing goes into effect, it starts the U-turn back uh, to the Brownback era, and we just can't do that. Urging an override, Republican Representative Les Mason said the aim of the bill was to lower state taxes for some individuals, but primarily for big corporations that employ thousands of Kansans. The additional tax that they've never paid before and they now have to pay, that is money that they could use for pay increases or for hiring people. And that is not going to happen. That's going to be foregone now. The override vote failed, but not by much, meaning the issue of tax cuts will likely be front and center again next year. In a less consequential skirmish, Republicans succeeded in overriding the governor's veto of some line items in the $18 billion budget, including an extra $51 million debt service payment to the state pension fund. Jim Denning, the majority leader of the Senate, says Republicans deserve the lion's share of the credit for whatever was accomplished. I was happy to see the Republican caucuses actually govern. We had very little input from Governor Kelly all year long. We accomplished major policy things, all with Republican uh, leadership getting it done. You're going to great lengths to talk about Republican leadership in the House and the Senate, essentially taking the lead and governing, and really giving uh, Governor Laura Kelly very little credit. So she wasn't a part of any of these conversations, and you don't think she helped lead the way on on any of this? You know, I served with Senator Kelly for many years before she became Governor Kelly, and I would have been the first one to say that Governor Kelly would sit down with Senator Denning many times, especially on budget issues, and it did not happen. I don't think she met with me until, I want to say, March 26th, and that was the Medicaid you discussion. You remember the exact day. I keep pretty good records, and I have a decent memory as well. That was that, that now famous, or depending on how you want to look at it, infamous negotiating session just before the veto session on Medicaid expansion that fell apart after about the first hour, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Governor Kelly was under the impression that she was going to get her Medicaid expansion bill passed as a result of that meeting. So you and I have had this discussion before. I know that you have some ideas about how you would like to see uh, a Medicaid expansion plan look. And I know that your ideas are different than those that were uh, included in the governor's bill. But the question would be, you know, we've been at this for five years now. Why are we just now getting to a serious discussion about that? I can only obviously speak for myself. And I was very transparent with the governor and my caucus that I wasn't planning on working on Medicaid expansion this session. I had always planned on working on it in the calendar year 20 session. We had major policy and budget items to take care of. We had to get all those big 
puzzle pieces sorted out before we start working on a very big entitlement program that once you turn that program on, there is no turning it off. There was just another demonstration at the State House where people are pointing fingers at you and Senate President Wagle saying, literally, people will die in the coming year because we still haven't expanded our Medicaid program. How, uh, how difficult is it for you to hear things like that? That's an emotional issue, and I don't, I don't run on emotion. Hmm. Uh, I don't, and all my decisions are based on good policy. But people do, do die because they, they can't get health care. That, that happens. Yeah, and, and one could make the argument that people with very good health care die as well. So, you know, that, again, it's all emotion. I, I understand the need to look at Medicaid expansion. The rural legislators certainly are under a lot of pressure. I plan on doing it, and I, I just don't let that emotion stuff uh, influence me. Do you want to be the next Senate president? I think I have proven my management ability that I could probably be a good Senate president. I might be a good governor, too. Yeah, take it one step at a time. Uh, do you actually want that job, though, as Senate president? I know it's the caucus's decision, but what do you want? Yeah, if if I come back, I will uh, attempt to be the Senate president, but I'd be happy with my current role as well. President Trump's approval rating in Kansas is 22 points below what it was the day he took office. A lot of people are looking at that and saying, if that is going to create a problem for Republicans in Kansas, it'll be in those urban, suburban districts like yours in Johnson County and that it could create some headwinds for a candidate like you. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, President Trump's policies have very little influence on me. The things that are, you know, that we're working on in Kansas, for example, like transportation infrastructure with KDOT and K-12 schools and higher ed, the pension plan, those are the things that my district cares about, and I think my DNA is on every single major piece of legislation that's come out of this body in the last two or three years. Well, Senator Jim Denning, uh, thanks for spending some time with us. Yeah, happy that you stopped in. The Senate will come to order. Neither Denning nor Senate President Susan Wagle were happy when Medicaid expansion advocates staged a noisy demonstration that shut down the Senate for a while on the final day. I move the Senate recess to the sound of the gavel. The demonstrators believe correctly that Governor Kelly's plan to extend health coverage to another 130,000 low-income Kansans would have passed if it hadn't been for Wagle and Denning. The House passed the governor's bill in March and a majority of senators were prepared to vote for it, but Denning and Wago refused to allow the debate. So, in January, the 2020 session could begin a lot like this one ended, with protesters demanding action on an issue that's roiled the Statehouse for years. Until then, I'm Jim McLean in Topeka. Statehouse Blend Kansas is a production of the Kansas News Service, which is a collaboration between KCUR, Kansas Public Radio, KMUW, and High Plains Public Radio. Tune in for news about the health and well-being of Kansans, their communities, and civic life. You'll also find stories at ksnewsservice.org, even when the legislature is not in session. I'm editor Amy Jeffries. We love that you listen to this podcast. Subscribe to Statehouse Blend Kansas and give it a review. That'll help more people find it when we reconvene next year.
The song Warm Evening by Nameless Dancers is our theme. We found it in Free Music Archive. And now, this podcast is adjourned. Signed, Die.